Lecture topic. Become a key to good and a lock from evil. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadihi alladhi nastafa. Amma ba'du fa'udhu billahi min ash-shaytanir rajim. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. فَبِمَا رَحْمَةٍ مِّنَ اللَّهِ لِنْتَ لَهُمْ وَلَوْ كُنْتَ فَضًّا غَلِيظَ الْقَلْبِ لَنْفَضُّوا مِنْ حَوْلِكَ صَدَقَ اللَّهُ الْعَظِيمُ Most respected on my kiram, brothers and elders. These opportunities that Allah Ta'ala blesses us with, together for a few minutes, for a short while and discuss something about deen. This is a very great ni'mat of Allah Ta'ala. Whatever time is spent in a way that we can try and get closer to Allah Ta'ala, that's Allah Ta'ala's favor upon us. These gatherings are merely muzakara, they are a means of reminding ourselves and this reminder is very essential. It is this very aspect that the Qur'an Sharif has encouraged us towards, has highlighted for us, وَذَكِّرْ فَإِنَّ الذِّكْرَ تَنْفَعُ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ And remind, verily a reminder is very beneficial for the believers. It's all a reminder, reminder first and foremost for myself, reminder for all of us. The ahadith of Nabi Kareem are filled with reminders and the entire Quran Sharif was obviously a reminder. There are many, many ahadith that remind us of what is our purpose in life, where we are headed to, what we should be doing here, what we should be aspiring for. So one is that in dunya we have our needs, our necessities. So we will take care of those needs and necessities. In order to take care of those needs and necessities, Allah Ta'ala Himself has made earning a halal living also an obligation after the other obligations of deen. But that is a necessity of life, not the objective, not the purpose of life. So there are many ahadis that keep reminding us of what we are supposed to aspire for. Different aspects. In one hadith sharif, Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, this hadith is narrated by Sayyidina Anas radiallahu ta'ala an, Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, Inna minan nasi nasun mafatiha lil khair maghaliqa lil shar. Wa inna minan nasi nasun مَغَالِقَ لِلْخَيْرِ مَفَاتِحَ لِلْشَرِ And then further Nabi Kareem says Tuba لِمَنْ جَعَلَ اللَّهُ مِفْتَاحَ الْخَيْرِ عَلَى يَدَيْهِ وَوَيْلٌ لِمَنْ جَعَلَ اللَّهُ مِفْتَاحَ الْشَرِ عَلَى يَدَيْهِ Of this hadith sharif and many many other ahadith of this nature in different ways bring us down to the same essence. <coughs> the essence of what we're supposed to do, how we're supposed to conduct ourselves in dunya, and what's supposed to be our goal and destination all the time in front of us. When a person is in business, for example, so now he has a goal. His goal is he needs to maximize the profit. So even if he's spending, he's not spending this in order for it to be gone. He's spending so that that is going to bring something back. He's spending how that spending would enhance something about the business which will help to get to the objective, to maximize the profit. So outwardly something is getting less here, but he is seeing how this is going to bring something more. So that's all the time in front of him, how something more can come. So now that is the purpose of his business. So that's how he will now keep thinking about things, keep structuring things and re-looking at what's going on and how it's happening. 
So likewise, Allah Ta'ala has given us a business of akhirat as well. هَلْ أَدُلُّكُمْ عَلَىٰ تِجَارَةٍ تُنْجِيكُمْ مِنْ عَذَابٍ أَلِيمٍ Allah Ta'ala describes a tijarat in the Qur'an Sharif. Let's say, should I tell you about a tijarat, a business? So there's a business apart from the business of dunya also. This too is a business, but there's a business above this and beyond this. And that's the business of akhirat. And that's a business, when this business finishes off, and one day we will all have to leave it behind and go. It all depends on what we did in terms of the business of akhirat that's going to really matter. The business of dunya, sooner or later we're going to leave it and go. So what we did for the business of akhirat, that's what's really going to matter. So Allah Ta'ala has made this an obligation also, and great virtues for the person who conducts that business also in the correct manner, and with honesty, with uprightness, in the correct manner, without crossing the lines of deen, without transgressing the laws of Allah Ta'ala. Then he'll be raised with the Anbiya Musalam, with the Shuhada, with the Siddiqeen on the day of Qiyamah. What a tremendously great blessing. But that business, sooner or later, one day will be left behind. What will matter is what was done for the business of Akhirat. So now this one Hadith Sharif, it sums up how we should be focusing towards the business of Akhirat. So now this is a different dimension from which this is given to us. Nabi Karim says that, Inna minan nasi nasun. That there are some people who are mafatiha lil khair, magaliqa lil sharr. They are keys to goodness. And they are locks on evil. And then unfortunately there are others as well. Inna minan nasi nasun. Magaliqa lil khair, mafatiha li sharr. There are others who are locks on good. And they are keys to all the evil and wrong and vices. So now, obviously a mu'min, a mu'min now is aspiring for the business of akhirat. He wants that kind of business to be the focus of his life. That business wherein there is never a loss. That business which keeps profit, that profit keeps increasing all the time. That business which will matter when everything else is of no avail to him. That business which will be of real benefit to him in the akhirat. The business of akhirat itself. So now when that is his focus, that is his aspiration, he is going to be very eager for this. That I want to be somebody that now becomes a key to good. So hence Nabi Kareem Wasallam highlights this and encourages towards it. Tuba. Tuba comes from tayyib, good, beautiful, wholesome. What it means here is, one is Tuba, one explanation is, this is a special place in Jannah. Some say a tree in Jannah. So obviously it's going to get a huge tree in Jannah, you get the garden of Jannah with it, and the palace of Jannah with it. And one explanation is, together with all that, this tayyib and goodness is already in this life. Hayatan tayyiba. That this goodness of life will come to him. He will truly live a good life. Tuba. لِمَنْ جَعَلَ اللَّهُمْ مِفْتَاحَ الْخَيْرِ عَلَىٰ يَدِي For who? The one who Allah has blessed him that the keys of good are in his hands. Meaning what he does, how he conducts himself, how he goes about things. He becomes a key to good. It opens out goodness for himself. And it opens out goodness for others. And he is a lock on evil, on vice, on problems, on hardships on all kinds of fitna, he's a lock on that. And then, وَوَيْلٌ Woe to be that person who is the opposite. Who is the opposite, he becomes the key to vice, he becomes the key to evil, he becomes the key to dissension, he becomes the key to all kinds of problem, and he becomes a lock on good. Now just to get one very simple example to understand this, that what kind of aspiration others had, our pious predecessors, how they took things as it came and in what spirit, 
and how they tried to always become a key to some good. One very simple example, broad example, one very great tabi'i, Sa'id bin Marjana, rahmatullah alayhi. So he once was sitting in the company of Abu Huraira radiallahu ta'ala and now for the first time he heard this hadith. The hadith of Abu Huraira radiallahu mentioned that Nabi Kareem sallallahu sallam he, Abu Huraira now reported that Nabi Kareem sallallahu mentioned that the one who frees a slave now slaves that was part of life at that time this had been long before Islam came Islam paved the way for the freedom of slaves that so many things the only way of compensating for that wrong that somebody did was by means of freeing a slave so many aspects there's no time for that detail now so in any case now this one virtue was being mentioned that the person who frees a Muslim slave then for every limb of the slave that got freed Allah will free his limb the same limb of his from the fire of Jahannam it's not something possible that the slave his head will be free but his hand will still be a slave or his one leg will be free and the other leg will be a slave obviously when a person is freed he's freed totally there is no such thing as half free and half a slave so now what it meant is that when a person frees a slave so the reward is so great that he has secured his own freedom from the fire of Jahannam obviously like many other things it has its conditions attached provided the person left dunya with iman he did not commit major sins so Allah will forgive him and put him into Jannah and if he made some mistake and he made Toba, then that will now secure the forgiveness on that but in any case this was the virtue of freeing a slave that Abu Huraira narrated from Nabi Kareem now this Tabi'i Sa'id bin Marjana rahimahullah, what he did so he came to the company of the son of Hazrat Hussein radiallahu ta'ala Ali bin Hussein rahimahullah now he came to him he sat in his company and then he narrated this hadith that he heard from Abu Huraira radiallahu ta'ala now he came to just be with him just sit there for a while but subhanallah this was the manner in which these people conducted their lives that there wasn't just discussion of dunya and dunya and more dunya and then just what's going on here and there without any real purpose behind it unfortunately our discussions are just about the smartest gadgets on the market and how to upgrade some phone to the something better and what's the newest model on the road and what's this and that and the other and that is the details of it and how this goes on and on but then how much of this takes us closer towards deen? How much of this takes us closer, closer towards what is our actual purpose in life? How much of this takes us towards closer to, to Allah wa ta'ala? Now, these people also would have discussed sometimes some general things, but they were looking for opportunities of being this key to good. They were looking for opportunities of how, being, how they could become a key to good. So now he came and sat there in the company of Ali bin Hussein rahimahullah and then he narrated this hadith. Now why he came specifically to him it was just by chance it was just because now well he was passing by and saw him so he came and sat down with him no he came specifically to him and why he came specifically to him that he was aware that Ali bin Hussein rahimahullah had a slave and he was offered by Abdullah bin Jafar to buy the slave Abdullah bin Jafar used to buy one after the other as soon as he could buy a slave and free him buy a slave and free him that was his ongoing sort of work because of the great rewards Abdullah bin Jafar had already offered to buy the slave from him for 10,000 dirhams and he was going to free him. So now maybe he was still thinking about it, should I sell, not sell? And now Sa'id bin Marjana rahimullah comes and he narrates this hadith sharif. As soon as he narrates it, Sa'id bin Marjana realized, he knew beforehand, I, I know who I'm talking to. 
I know the heart of this person. And I know what's going to be the outcome of narrating this hadith to him. Maybe he heard it long ago and doesn't remember it now. Maybe he never heard it too like I heard it for the first time. So he came to him specifically to become a means of a key to goodness. He came and narrated the hadith to him. As soon as Ali bin Hussein rahimahullah heard this hadith, he called a slave, he told him, you're free. And that's how easy it was to free a slave. Just merely say you're free. Full stop. Like a person says talaq, and Allah forbid he says it three times, then that's gone for good. And now the person starts running around, asking for some fatwa somewhere that somebody can say, no, no, the three is equal to one. The whole world knows three is three. But now he's trying to find some trinity kind of basla. Trinity is batil. So this three can never be one also. So this is all that when we succumb to our nafs, succumb to the traps of shaitan, now the person is looking for loophole somewhere, looking for some kind of back door to try and fix the damage that is done. But that's sometimes too late. So in any case, as soon as he heard this, that was it. He freed him. Now why did Sayyid bin Marjana come and tell him this? Simply for this. He wanted to become the key to goodness. He knew he'd make amal on it. And I'll get the reward for becoming the means. Because this person is going to do this. I know him. Now that was the zeal, that was the manner in which they focused themselves. How can I do some good myself? How can I become the good, the key to goodness for others also to come to good? Now this is just one example out of Allah knows best how many this, the lives of the our the Sahaba Kiram, the Tabi'een, and all the pious predecessors filled with all these examples. So now when we hear this hadith, it's obvious what is the question that I have to ask myself. Nabi Karim says some people are the keys to good and locks on evil. And some people are the opposite. What am I? That's a question I have to ask myself. Where do I fall? How many locks have I put on the evil? How many doors of good have I opened? Have I done the other way around? And there are many other ahadis that also Nabi Kareem wasallam in the same the same lesson is being given in different ways. Once Nabi Sallallahu addressed the Sahaba and he asked them that Allah unabbiukum bi khairikum min sharrikum. Should I not tell you who are the good among you and who are the those who are not good, the evil? Obviously the Sahaba were free of the negative. But this was now as a message to the entire Ummah. So they were just suddenly stunned with the question. So they kept quiet. Second time, Nabi Islam asked the same question. Should I not tell you who are the good among you and who are not? After the third time, they replied and said, Bala ya Rasulullah, akhbirna bi khayrina an sharrina. Please do tell us. Nabi Islam said, Khayrukum man yurja khayruhu wa yu'manu sharruhu. Wa sharrukum man la yurja khayruhu wa la yu'manu sharruhu. The good among you is the one who his good is always hoped for. He's going to be coming, there's already a good hope. This person is coming, he's coming with goodness of every sort. He's coming, he's coming with happiness in the home. He's coming, he's coming in a way that now there'll be some good feeling, there'll be mahabba. He's coming, there'll be generosity. This person, somebody sees him, they see now some a smile, they see some good words, some kind words. The person whose good is hoped for and there is a sense of security from his evil, meaning there is no fear, there is no apprehension. People are not on edge, that I don't know now what next. Person is feeling comfortable, person is feeling safe, that is the good person. And the opposite person, man la yurja khayruhu. There's no hope now, I don't know whether it may come, but there's no real hope. That I'm going to see some goodness out of this. Person is going to walk in, Allah knows best what. Wala yu'manu sharruhu. There's no feeling of safety from his harm. 
Rather, there's a feeling of being on edge. There's a feeling of walking on eggshells. There's a feeling of, I don't know what next. Whether it's in the four walls of the home, whether it's somewhere in the workplace, whether it's anywhere else, but there's this feeling of uneasiness about what next. Or when it will happen now. There's one story about, Allah knows best, it's probably just for the moral or whether it was a real thing. One person was living upstairs and his downstairs neighbor was always getting disturbed but when this person would come back, so for some reason, he had to take his boots out, he was whatever work he used to do, and he had to drop it from the, from the height, bring it in front of his face and let it fall. Allah knows best for whatever reason. So now it will fall with a clang. Now first one, and then the other one. So now every time this neighbor was getting disturbed, but he was just making summer, that after all now, leave it, the neighbor. So now one day this person now again dropped one boot. Now this person is now waiting and anticipating the second one. That now with the small baby, now he's unlacing it. and So now just now the second clang will come. And he's waiting, waiting and waiting. But now in that waiting now he can't even fall asleep because he's waiting for that to finish before he can sleep. After some time passed, he thought maybe this person now didn't yet undo the second shoe. He probably got busy with something else. So he finally went upstairs, knocked on the door. He said, please drop that one so I can go to sleep. Just waiting for it now, my sleep is gone. Because now this is going to happen. That Sharna, he cannot anticipate good. He's only anticipating some problem. He's on edge. So now even if it's not happening, there was no clang at that time. But that no clang also was like a big problem. Because you don't know when it's coming. So it's not there also, it's a problem because of the manner in which things happen. How things are often done. So that, Nabi Salaam says, is not the sign of a good person. The sign of a good person is, there's all. it doesn't mean he's not insan, he can make a mistake. But the person is such that that hope is always there that I'm going to get goodness from him. And there's a sense of safety from any harm, any difficulty coming from his direction. He can make a mistake too. But the feeling is a feeling of safety. So now the issue is that every mu'min will aspire that I need to become the key to good. I must become this. Because this is what's going to bring me that business of akhirat. So now what is going to bring make us these keys to goodness what's going to make us these locks on good goodness for ourselves goodness for others so now there are many things that help to bring about this into a person when a person starts adopting all these different aspects these things combine to make him that like some product now or some somebody is putting something together, it's a whole combination of different parts and all things put together, now that item now has become complete, and now it starts functioning, and now the production comes about with a combination of so many things. So likewise, this key to goodness is a combination, when so many things get together, this now makes him truly a key to goodness. So among the things, the very first thing is, dua. Because everything we are dependent on the tawfiq of Allah Ta'ala to achieve it, to acquire it. A very great tabi, Abdullah bin, the name escapes the mind right now, Abdullah bin Muttariz, Rahimahullah, perhaps that was his name. So he, on one occasion, while explaining something, made a very ajib statement. And he really spelt out something. And this was to highlight this reality that we are totally dependent on Allah Ta'ala's tawfiq. So we should turn in earnestness to Allah Ta'ala for that tawfiq. He said, look, if my heart is taken out and put in my right hand, and then if every goodness is placed in my left hand, I am still helpless to just take it and put it in my heart. Unless Allah Ta'ala allows it to happen. That the heart now is where the goodness resides. That is the king. And if it's not in the heart, then it's just a superficial thing. It might just be a pretense. 
which is some outward thing for the moment, and then it just fizzles away. When it's in the heart, it really is a reality. So it has to be in the heart. That's the effort to make it come in the heart. If it's my right hand, my heart is placed, and all the goodness is all placed in my left hand, but I'm still dependent on Allah Ta'ala's tawfiq to put it in the heart. And now how the tawfiq will come? By asking Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala is Al-Fattah. From the Asma'ul Husna, that Allah Ta'ala has these beautiful attributes. وَلِلَّهِ Asmaul Husna فَدْعُوهُ بِهَا Allah Ta'ala has all these beautiful attributes. Allah says, call unto Him with these beautiful attributes. So now to beg Allah Ta'ala in the with the means of the attribute of being fattah, that Allah make me a key to goodness also. And there are so many things that where this is linked. For example, in the dua that is recited at the time of entering the masjid, the masnoon dua, Allahumma ftahli abwaaba rahmatik. Ya Allah, open out the doors of your rahmat for me. Open out the same key. Allah, this, now what lessons we get in this is actually the second aspect, but just to first conclude this first one, dua, that to now engage ourselves in earnest dua daily, for this in particular, together with everything else. Now why are we making so much dua for all our dunya, but dua for becoming the keys to goodness, and the locks on evil. So, one is dua, and that is something we can never ever underestimate the value of dua, the power of dua. Then just to go on, there is salah. Salah as we just understood from this dua. The very dua that is taught to us is already highlighting to us that salah is the key to goodness for ourselves. And the one who wants to become the key to goodness for others also, he has to have salah in his life. Because that's what's going to open the goodness to him. Then he can become good for others also. <coughs> so without that salah in his life, he's in a problem. And salah is the lock on evil. The lock on fitna. Once Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa she relates, Nabi Kareem suddenly woke up in the dead of night. As it is, he used to sleep for a smaller portion of the night. Now in that shorter portion that he would sleep, he suddenly woke up. And he woke up and he said, La ilaha illallah. That what treasures of Allah have been descended on this night. And at the same time on the other side, Amada unzila laylata minal fitan. And what fitnas have also come down, which will now become apparent in time. So meaning, the signs of those fitnas Nabi Karim Sassam already saw. But now this fitnas that already the signs were there, which will appear in time, that already startled Nabi Karim Sallallahu And therefore what he said, May yuqizu sawahib al-hujurat yusallin. Who's going to go now to all the rooms of the azwajul mutahharat, the ummahatul mu'mineen, the mothers of the ummah, and wake them up? So that they can engage in salah. Why? Because these fitnas have descended. And these fitnas have descended, the lock on the fitna is salah. The lock on that fitna is salah. So if the five daily salah, that is already in a, not happening as per requirement, sometimes happening, five happening, sometimes four, sometimes something else, then what's going to save us from the fitnas? This is referring to over and above the five daily salah, over and above the faraiz, now to engage in a lot of nawafil as well. That is going to become the protection from fitna. Fitna at all levels, on a domestic level, on a community level, on a national level, on an international level, to bring salah alive. And to the extent salah will be alive in the ummah, this will become a protection of fitna. <coughs> so now dua, Salah. Then, obviously, Allah Ta'ala only accepts that which is pure. And a person can only become the key to goodness for himself and others if there's purity in his heart. And this purity is the purity of intention, ikhlas, the purity of 
his thinking towards others, his feelings towards others, there's a pure heart. When there's purity, that purity becomes the key. When there's ikhlas, then that amal will be accepted, that salah will be accepted, that goodness will be accepted. Otherwise it will be something on the surface, but it will bring no goodness in reality. So the ikhlas is extremely important. And when there's ikhlas in the heart, that heart is pure from ulterior motives and whatever other dirt and filth that comes out of riya and whatever other ulterior aspects, then Allah Ta'ala inspires that heart of how to become key to many more doors of good. Allah Ta'ala inspires that heart. Then that heart becomes inclined towards many more actions of righteousness. The time is available, the opportunity is there, but a person just feels, I'm too tired. I'm too tired to do what? I'm too tired for my tilawat. I'm too tired for zikr. I'm too tired for any tasbihat. I'm too tired to read some kitab. So what? Since I'm too tired to do anything, so I am not tired to read some novel for another one, two hours. Too tired to make tilawat, but that two hours wasn't a problem. I'm not tired to sit on the phone for five hours. So that, but now you are so tired, how come you didn't sleep? No, no, I was just tired from that. That is actually a barrier. That is a barrier. So now when that heart has purity, that heart will incline towards righteousness. And there will be a sense of discomfort when there is some inclination some or some whisper of shaitan towards something that is going to just waste the person's time and worse still if it's something haram and sinful. So now this ikhlas and sincerity to do everything for Allah Ta'ala's pleasure alone. And then there are many things but just to round off on one more aspect. To become the key to goodness to the extent that a person develops good akhlaq. That good akhlaq makes him a key to goodness. And bad akhlaq, bad akhlaq will put the lock on all good. Akhlaq is not what just the concept that the West has given what akhlaq is all about. That some aspects of etiquette, that's where it all finishes off to say please and say thank you and just be uh, courteous. That is good also. But that's not where akhlaq is. That's some aspects of etiquette. Akhlaq is way beyond that. Akhlaq is things in the heart. Starts off deep down in the heart. Tawazu and humility is a requirement, is part of akhlaq. A very essential aspect of good akhlaq, tawazu, humility. Generosity is part of akhlaq. Compassion and forgiveness is part of akhlaq. And the opposites is part of bad character. Now, if there isn't good akhlaq, there's going to be the opposite. There's no vacuum. It's not that there's going to be something, there's no good and no bad. There's going to be this or that. So now, if there's a lack of good akhlaq, then the opposite will be there. If there's no tawazu, then there's going to be takabbur, there's going to be pride. And what pride does? It becomes a lock on every good. Just as tawazu becomes the key to goodness. Takabbur and pride becomes a lock on good. When there's takabbur and pride in the heart, then the person starts looking down upon others. That's what takabbur all about. And when he starts looking down upon others, thinking low of this person, thinking low of that person, thinking I'm better than everybody, so already he's connected himself to shaitan now because that's what brought shaitan to his disgrace. When there's takabbur in the heart, that takabbur will prevent a person from talking the truth all the time. Why? Because if I, on this particular occasion now, whatever happened, if I speak the truth, maybe now people will think of me as now I'm like a nobody here. So I'd rather just lie and just cover it up. What made that lie come about? Now that lie is a great severe sin itself, but the takabbur gave rise to the lie. The person with takabbur cannot fully be a well-wisher of others. Selectively here and there, maybe yes. But what's the heart of a mu'min to be a well-wisher across the board? Very difficult. Because he's looking down upon others. He has this pride, I should be one up. 
I can't see somebody else going up. I should be above everyone. So now that takabur becomes the result, the result of that becomes that he can't be a well-wisher of others. When he can't be a well-wisher of others, hasad comes in now. So now he's becoming jealous over people's na'mads and bounties. And then sometimes he doesn't see this now still happening, how he is wishing for it, that this person now must fall, this person, something must happen. So now that malice sets in. But now where is the root of all this? The root of the takabur. The person with that takabur can't co- control his anger. As soon as something happens, the smallest thing happens, he just, his anger goes to another level. Or the root of it is the takabur. He can't control that anger then. That anger gets provoked by the slightest things. Now all this is stemming out of that takabur. And that takabur is the worst part of akhlaq, bad akhlaq. And now what this has become? It has become the key to all the evil. One evil after the other. Now that one thing is becoming the key to so much evil. And on the other side it locked so many good. So the key aspect now is akhlaq, good akhlaq. To the extent the person adopts good akhlaq, inculcates that good akhlaq. And this good akhlaq doesn't come by just wishing for it. Like the person wants to become the key to good. It doesn't just come by wishing for it. It comes with that mujahada against the nafs. It comes with striving against that base qualities within a person. By punishing one's nafs when it doesn't conform to what Allah Ta'ala is pleased with. Putting it under pressure, under supervision of somebody. Then over time, gradually this nafs straightens out. It doesn't come, there's no button to press. Press the button, done. If that was the case, Islam would have been a very, very simple, easy thing. It's a process. And that process, like anything else, requires it to be done in correct supervision. And a person fulfilling what is required in the process. Then gradually it comes to some point. So these are all the aspects that eventually take a person to the point, with the fazal of Allah Ta'ala, that he becomes miftahan lil khair, mighlaqan lil sharr. Like somebody described it as, one is to become like, for example, medicine. Where there is some illness, that medicine becomes a source of benefit. It helps to bring some relief. Uh, there was a severe headache, then there is medicine. And uh, that medicine gives, gave some relief from that headache. There was some other problem, the medicine now helped to now relieve that problem. So one is being like medicine. And the other is being like the illness itself. That where there isn't a problem also, now the illness sets in. Now the illness sets in where there was strength, now weakness came in. Where there was no pain, now there's pain. Where the person was happy now, but in pain now he's in grief and sadness. So to become like medicine. The medicine will benefit. And the illness is illness. So now this is the message that we are getting from this Hadith Sharif of Nabi Kareem Wasallam. And this is what we have to make dua for, beg Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness, beg Allah Ta'ala's help, and ask Allah Ta'ala to make us also the keys to goodness and the locks on evil. This Mubarak time that is now already passing, this is a time to focus on this. This is a time to build up this momentum so that by the time we come to Ramadan, our focus is not confined to just maximizing how many pages we've gone through in terms of tilawat, which is important, very important. But what the message of the Quran Sharif is must also come in our life. The tilawat must be maximized as much as we can, but the focus on that the message of the Quran Sharif, the Quran Sharif must become our akhlaq as well. Kana khuluqu al-Quran. Nabi Kareem Wasallam's akhlaq was described as the Quran Sharif. So I must make tilawat of the Quran Sharif, my akhlaq must become the Quran Sharif as well. That Quran Sharif speaks about salah, that salah must become correct. The Quran Sharif speaks about mu'amalat and mu'asharat, that must become my mu'amalat and mu'asharat. Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give us all the tawfiq, make us the keys to goodness, and make us the lock on every evil. وَآخِرُ دَعْوَانَا لِلْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ
عیسائی درو چلے محمد رسول اللہ صلی اللہ تبارک و تعالی علیہ وعلا آلہ و اصحابہ و بارک و سلم تسلیما کثیرا کثیرا یا ربی صلی و سلم دائما ابدا علی حبیبک خیر الخلق کلہم جز اللہ عنا نبینا محمد صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم بما ہوا اہل لا الہ الا اللہ 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 لا الہ موسیقی محمد الرسول اللہ صلی اللہ تبارک و تعالی علیہ وسلم اللہ جل جلاله عم نوانه اللہ 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 
القيوم يا احدا صمد لم يلد ولم يولد ولم يكن له كفوا احد جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو اهله يا رب صل وسلم دائما ابدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم ربنا ظلمنا انفسنا ظلمنا انفسنا ظلمنا انفسنا وان لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم واعف وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم انك انت الاعز الاكرم اللهم اغفر لامتي سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم ارحم امه سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم تجاوز عن امتي سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم اهد امه سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم فرج الكرب عن امتي سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم اهدنا واهد بنا واجعلنا سببا لمن اهتدى اللهم اهد الناس جميعا اللهم اهد الناس جميعا اللهم اهد الناس جميعا اللهم اللهم اجعلنا هداة مهتدين غير ضالين ولا مضلين اله العالمين يا الله most merciful most gracious most kind most loving Allah Ya Allah forgive us ya Allah forgive all our major and minor sins ya Allah forgive the entire ummah of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alaihi wasallam Allah guide us to your pleasure at all times ya Allah Allah save us from your displeasure ya Allah Allah make us the keys to every good ya Allah Allah save us from becoming the keys to evil and vice ya Allah Allah make us the locks on vice ya Allah Allah make us the key to every good ya Allah make us good for ourselves ya Allah make us good for others ya Allah Allah bless us with true ikhlas ya Allah Fill our hearts with ikhlas, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, remove riya from us, Ya Allah. Remove pride from us, Ya Allah. Remove jealousy from us, Ya Allah. Remove malice from us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, remove the love of dunya from our hearts, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, put the love of akhirat in our hearts, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, make our aspirations the aspiration to meet you, Ya Allah. Make our aspiration, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, to become the true ummatis of Nabiya Kareem, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ilahul alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, remove all the evils from our hearts, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with tawazu ya allah grant us the haqeeqat and reality of tawazu ya allah allah bless us with all the beautiful and noble akhlaq ya allah remove all the razail and evil qualities from our hearts ya allah ilahul alamin ya allah allah enable us to ya allah perform our five times salah with jamaa ya allah with khushu and khudu ya allah ilahul alamin ya allah put the greatness and importance of salah in our lives ya allah ilahul alamin ya allah grant us the tawfiq of making tilawat of your kalam daily ya allah allah enable us to be forever in your remembrance ya allah remove the ghaflat from our lives ya allah remove the ghaflat from our lives ya allah make us among the true zakirin ya allah those who remember you all the time ya allah make us among the shakirin ya allah those who are forever and really grateful to you ya allah ilahul alamin make us among the true abidin ya allah those whose entire lives are in subservience to you ya allah ilahul alamin ya allah save us from becoming among the mutakabbirin ya allah 
those who are filled with pride, Ya Allah. Allah, you save us from all these evil qualities, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. All those who are sick, give them shifai kamila, ajila, mustamirra, daima. Remove every trace of their ailments, Ya Allah. Those in any difficulties and hardships, remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Grant barkat in each one's risk, Ya Allah. Grant abundant halal and tayyib risk filled with barkat, Ya Allah. Save us from every drop and grain of haram and doubtful things, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Grant us afiyat in deen, Ya Allah. Afiyat in dunya, Ya Allah. Allah, save us from all the plots and schemes of the kuffar, Ya Allah. From the people who are trying to harm Islam and the Muslims, Ya Allah. Allah, protect the ummah, Ya Allah. Protect the ummah of Nabi Kareem, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, make all the plots and plans turn against the enemies, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, safeguard the ummah, Ya Allah. Allah, throughout the world, wherever the Muslims are in any suffering, Ya Allah. Remove their hardship and suffering, Ya Allah. Remove their pain, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, our brothers and sisters in Palestine, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you grant them afiyat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you protect them, Ya Allah. You safeguard them, Ya Allah. Grant them fathe mubeen, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you turn the schemes of the enemies against themselves, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you grant hidayat to even the enemies, Ya Allah. If hidayat is not decreed for them, Ya Allah, wipe them out from the face of this earth, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, bring such a punishment upon them, Ya Allah, that the entire humanity takes, Ya Allah, ibrat till the day of qiyamah, Ya Allah. Allahumma khudhum akhda azizim muqtadir. Allahumma kfinahum bima shi'ta. Allahumma kfinahum bima shi'ta. Allahumma kfinahum bima shi'ta. Allahul Alameen, Ya Allah, all those who have raised their hands to this dua, all who asked us to make dua for them, grant each one the best of dunya and akhirat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save each one from all the difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Grant afiyat in deen and dunya, Ya Allah. Grant barakat in every aspect, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's jayas, needs and pious aspirations, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, all that we have asked for out of your grace and mercy, grant us, Ya Allah. What we should have asked for, Ya Allah, bless us with that as well, Ya Allah. Allahumma inna nas'aluka bin khayri ma sa'ala منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه المعين والحمد لله